What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to another action-packed edition of the Another 71 podcast, where we make the CPA exam far, 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 far more exciting than it was ever intended to be. As always, I'm your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas, by the grace of God and the chagrin of many, and the number is growing daily, I assure you. This is episode 96. Today is Monday, November 8th, 2021. If you have a question for the show, email jeff at another71.com or simply drop it in the comments below. Before we get started, you will hear me reference the Ninja Study Planner, which coincidentally is the only way to study for the CPA exam. And you can download that for three easy payments of free at another71.com forward slash free. Starting off with Sloan. I'm writing to get some advice. First, I want to thank you for inventing Ninja. I will give you a little background. I started my journey with Becker, only scored 71 and 72 on FAR. After supplementing with Ninja, I got a 75. For auditing, I used Becker, supplemented with Ninja, and scored a 79. Same method for regulation, I scored a 78. Now I just took BEC and scored a 71. Do you have any tips? As a side note, I go through all of the Becker material first, and then I do all the Ninja questions three to four weeks. Before the exam, I listen to the audio Every morning, I take notes while studying both and review them. All right, so uh, Becker only, 71, 72 on FAR, and then Ninja 75. Auditing supplemented Becker with Ninja, scored a 79. Same method for regulation, 78, scored a 71. So Becker plus Ninja, BEC, scored a 71. Okay. Go through all the Becker material first and then doing all of the ninja questions three to four weeks before the exam. Sometimes I have to read the question twice just to get it all. Okay, so essentially um, it sounds like you had success following the ninja study framework with Becker and Ninja for FAR and, yeah, FAR and auditing and regulation. It just happens that BEC is... Um, a week, well, not a week area, a week exam. It's a lot of people's week exam, although ironically it's the highest. BC has the highest pass rates and like it's like 60% pass rate, but it's the one that everyone hates <laughs> besides FAR. So, um, so you go through all of the Becker material first and then the Ninja, Ninja questions. If you're not using the Ninja framework, like nail the concepts, so nail the Becker concepts, take intense notes over those Becker concepts, and then do the Ninja MCQ questions. So it's your second time through at least, it's your second time through for BEC. Um, so for the non-stop multiple choice question portion of Ninja, the NIN, I would do Ninja MCQ, and then, because you've already seen the Becker questions probably many times, and if you wanna do the Becker questions for your final review, you can do that or do the Becker Sims or switch it up, but I'd nail the concepts with, with, with your Becker question, with your Becker videos. I'd take intense notes of your Becker videos. If you're tired of your Becker videos and want to switch to Ninja Sparring, you can do that, but uh, non-stop multiple choice questions with Ninja MCQ, then rewrite those notes, or you can rewrite the Ninja notes if you want, and then it all comes together, final review slash cram your final week. I would, I would watch the Ninja Cram for BEC, I would spend, uh, you know, I would, I'd watch the Ninja Cram over like a Saturday and a Sunday. It's, it takes two days to watch it. And I would start working your Ninja questions, starting with your weakest area first, and um, moving 
backwards. So your weakest area is cost accounting and then financial management and then IT. Work backwards until you're scoring um, in the mid-70s. And so, yeah, you already know how to pass FAR auditing and regulation. You know how, already how to pass them using Becker and Ninja. Just follow the same um, study methodology that you've been doing. But if you haven't been doing the Ninja framework, I would follow that to a T this time. I think you'll have success. Crystal writes in, hi, Jeff. I need your wisdom. See all this gray? That's a lot of wisdom. I received, I received my BEC score 74. From a strategic perspective, should I retake BEC or FAR next? What would you do? Well, there's a school of thought that you're only one point away. Uh, you score 74, you're only one point away. Just cram and get back in there. That school of thought is wrong. Um, you need to 74, 71, 61. It's the same. You need to get back in there, study from start to finish, just as if it was your first time taking it because you you were at a 74 level weeks ago. Like, if you've taken the exam, you know that there's a significant um, cramming component to it. Like, some of the stuff you're conceptually learning, some of it you're just stuffing into your brain so you can barf it out on exam day. That's just the ugly truth of the, the ugly truth of the CPA exam, <clears throat> and um, and so if it were me, score seventy four, I would probably hit BEC again because yeah, there's a lot of there, there's a cramming component to it, but there's also um, you, you've also built up a knowledge base in some of those areas and some of those things that were clicking conceptually. Let's just um, jump back in there after we do our full retake regimen um, and take BEC again. I mean, if it was like your second or third or 474 in a row, um, which I think I've seen 73, or I've seen three 74s in a row. I have two 74s in a row on reg. But um, then maybe you switch to FAR just for a sanity break, although FAR is a very cruel version of a sanity break, I would say. And, but I would I would take I would take BEC next. Lila writes in, how do I memorize the various amounts in in addition to the phase in, AGMI, Magi? Do you guys call it Magi in your tax classes? We call it Magi. Ranges for all the tax credits. Obviously, this is for regulation. And Lila is using Ninja and Glime. Uh, good news, I would not memorize those. I scored a 92 on regulation. The only thing that I had memorized was the section 179 deduction and phase out. And didn't score a 92 on regulation because I'm some big brain. Um, it's just because tax just naturally clicks with me for some reason. And um, yeah, that's it. And I, and I, I worked really hard after taking some shortcuts. So I had, I had like 70, I think I scored like 71 and then like a 74, 74 in regulation. So I scored back to back 74s in regulation. I didn't want to study like kind of exchanges. I hated them. Didn't want to study AMT back in the old days when we walked uphill both ways to a prometric testing center and had to also study AMT. <laughs> uh, I finally got my button gear then, uh, then passed with a, with a 92. Um, being lazy actually cost me my FAR credit. As some of you, some of you may know, 
All of that to say, you don't need to memorize all of these crazy phase outs. Regulation is, is a, a surprisingly conceptual exam. Um, and so don't memorize um, tax rates and all these phase outs and such. Because think about it, with every, every whim of Congress is testable on the CPA exam six months later, which means let's say there's 10,000 questions in the regulation official test make. I don't know how many they are, but they don't have to go in and edit every nuance of many questions. And so they, they, they test general concepts. And so then they just tweak some numbers here and there, here and there. And I would, I would know the section 179 deduction and phase out and maybe a few others, but it's again, regulation is a surprisingly conceptual exam. So I wouldn't worry about all that. Jess writes in, do I have to complete reading the Ninja notes before jumping into the Ninja MCQ? No, but I recommend, so the Ninja, M, Ninja MCQ is in the nonstop MCQ phase. It's the third phase. It's nail the concepts, intense notes, nonstop MCQ. And I recommend that people read the Ninja notes and listen to the Ninja audio as many times as possible before exam day because like, I want you to have read the Ninja notes so many times that you can tell me where all of the grammatical errors are. Like, just kidding, not really. Um, so I want you to, to have read the Ninja Notes so many times that you just, you're just sick of them because that's how you ingrain them into your brain. And so on day one, you start reading the Ninja Notes. On day one, you start listening to the Ninja Audio. So maybe you get to Ninja MCQ in like week three. Well, by then, hopefully you've read the Ninja Notes at least three times. So yeah, start hitting the Ninja Notes on day one if you can, even before the Ninja MCQ. Yoga says, I am using mostly Ninja this time and I'm hoping to pass my FAR retake on Wednesday. I noticed that I was doing something, I noticed that I was doing the practice exams well on Ninja, just to be more sure. I also tried giving two practice tests with my other review course provider, but didn't score well on them. Just want to understand if this is something that one can generally be concerned about. I have my exam on Wednesday. I want to be as confident as possible. So, doing a practice exam on Ninja and then scoring poorly on another CPA review course's um, test bank. All right, so here's, here's the deal. First of all, I would not do practice exams ever. Now, Ninja has practice exams in the test bank. Matter of fact, unlimited practice exams. But I only offer those because, or I only offer practice exams because people will say, hey, why don't you have practice exams? And so, but I personally think practice exams are a complete waste of time because they don't, you know, you score, you score 90%. Is that a 90 on exam day? No, because the CP exam does not test you or does not score you um, based on a raw percentage. It's a it's the super secret formula with cybermetrics and it's weighted against the CSO and all this other stuff and uh, they ratchet the difficulty up or down based on how well you're doing. And so all that to say, you can spend four hours doing a practice exam or you can, and, and practice exams also don't give you that immediate feedback. Whereas if you do a question in study mode, then you get, you know, question one, oh, got that wrong, why? Huh. 
So you'll do fewer questions in those four hours because of that, but I think you'll get a lot more out of the time. It's a better use of your time. And when you're a CPA candidate, it's all about maximizing your study time, which is why the Ninja Framework is so valuable because it, it really maximizes your limited, your finite study time. Should you be concerned if you score well on Ninja and poorly on another? No, because like, um, who know, who knows how the other course does it? Um, so I wouldn't even worry about it. What I would be more concerned about is with Ninja is your trending score. Are you trending in the seventies, you know, mid seventies or higher? Um, if not, like if you're trending in the sixties, which the training score is based on your most, your 250 most recent questions, and it's weighted against the con the almost said content specification outline. That's the old school. It's weighted against the blueprint weighting, and so that's far more valuable than. I mean, it's not exact, but it's people say it's pretty close. And so, if you have a low training score, that would be much more concerning than scoring poorly on a practice exam. Jenny writes in, what's the best way to bring up my trending score in Ninja organically? Do random MCQs or do them by topic? Jenny is using Ninja plus Becker. <clears throat> so the, nin the Ninja trending score is based on your most recent, 250 most recent questions and it's weighted against the content, <laughs> content specification outline. It's weighted, <laughs> said it again. It's almost, it's weighted against the blueprint. And so, doesn't say what exam, but um, so take the blueprint and take the AICPA weighting. And if you are doing really well in one section, you score 100%, and, you, and you've only done that section so far, it's not going to impact your training score. Well, it will impact it relative to the weighting of that section. You really need to, you, you really need to have questions done in all of the blueprint sections. And so if you're scoring well in a couple of them and really poorly in another in two or three of the other blueprint sections, the best way to, to get your training score up is is to do well in those weak areas. And as you and as you hit each blueprint area and continue to do well, then that will organically raise your trending score. I am not a proponent of doing random multiple choice questions, although you can. You can just do it and let the adaptive learning in Ninja kick in and it'll just feed you questions. And maybe that's what you want to do as like, you know, as a kind of a, a, a quasi practice test but that's in study mode, it's just feeding you questions. But I'm a much bigger fan of doing topic specific questions. Samantha writes in, how do you motivate yourself to both study for the CPA exam and know how to take mental breaks and be healthy? Samantha is using Surgent CPA Review and Ninja. The best way to motivate yourself for the CPA exam is, I mean, let's face it, no one wants to study for the CPA exam. It's one of the most boring things on earth. It's you're studying things you couldn't care less about, not-for-profit accounting, you could not care less about not-for-profit accounting unless you actually work in not-for-profit accounting. And the simple truth of the CPA exam is after you take FAR and pass it, unless you work in not-for-profit accounting again, you're going to forget everything. You're just, 
That's just it. And then someday if you do go work in not-for-profit accounting, then you're going to have to relearn it all over again. And so uh, how do you motivate yourself to take this uh, very difficult exam, the low pass rate, and boring information? How do you motivate yourself? Well, it's the same as if, as if uh, so I'm not a runner, grew up with asthma. I kind of hate running. That's why I played goalkeeper my whole life playing soccer. Uh, you stand there. And um, someone said, hey, Jeff, I want you to run a marathon. Okay. <laughs> well, unless that's my goal to run a marathon, I'm not going to train. Like, I hate running. And so people, I know people who have ran marathons. You, you know, you have to hit your certain amount of miles every day. And then on some Saturday, you go do your 15-mile run. And maybe you max out at whatever, 16, 17, 18 miles. You never actually run a marathon to practice. Um, their goal is to run a marathon and to finish a marathon. So that's why they do that. Um, now, if that was if that was my goal to run a marathon, then I would then I would be more motivated to get out there and do the requisite road work. But if it's someone else's goal for me, like I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed or or maybe I do it begrudgingly, like Jeff run a marathon or I don't know. We're gonna do something horrible to you. <laughs> like I guess I'd probably start running. But, uh, and so the same thing with the CPA exam. If it's your dad's goal or um, I would say if it's your boss's like if, if it's your boss's goal for the past the CPA exam that's that's actually some real motivation there um, but if, if it's your father's goal if you want if you want to get your your father's approval um, or or your or your grandfather's approval or, or, or whatever it is like you're not gonna be as motivated to study get up at 5 a.m. listen to uh, this ninja audio with this guy from kansas with the kansas twang and who you know tells mentions weird 90s rap references and smacks his lips too much <laughs> and like you're not gonna want to do that i mean it's a lot more fun to watch netflix it's a lot more fun to pass the time doing whatever than studying so how do you motivate yourself to study for the CP exam, it has to be your goal. And, you know, there's, it has to be your, so you can have different different levels of goals for the CP exam and, and they can be like all the above. Um, more money, uh, become a CPA so you can, you know, earn, earn more money, have more career flexibility as a hedge against career risk. Like, hey, we're downsizing, we're getting rid of everyone in our, we're getting rid of all of the staff accountants who, don't, who aren't CPAs. Um, so it can be like that, or it can be, you know what? I had that, that professor in college who said, I don't think accounting is right for you. I'm going to mail him or I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, send him a, a screenshot of my CPA license and say, eat that, <laughs> which he'll be like, I don't even remember you. Glad you're doing well. Sorry if I offended you, but like whatever your motivation is, it has to be your goal. Um, it has to be something that you want to do. Otherwise, you're just going to go through the motions, and you know it's probably that probably contributes to some of the pat, some of the low pass rates. People studying because they don't really want to be a CPA, or or yeah, they, they want to be a CPA, but it's someone else's goal. Like 
you're not going to find success or you're not going to find success as quickly until um, passing the CPA exam and being a CPA is your goal. All right, well, that does it for this episode. If you want the Ninja Study Planner, go to another71.com forward slash free, and I'll toss in some Ninja goodies for you, free notes, audios, and such. Again, if you have a question for the podcast, drop it in the comments below, or simply tell me that you liked, loved, or even hated the show. I welcome it all. You can also email me, jeff at another71.com. Until next time, be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon.